Oh boy, we got a lot of comics that we're catching up on. Oh boy, we're going to do it real quick. Which is, it's Lightning Round Ex-Wife Podcast. Yeah, that was the title of the podcast. So I'll say the thing I normally say now. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm just saying super fast. No, we're not we're not gonna be crazy, but but a little. Are, it's it's an abbreviated version, right? We have a handful over the last two weeks when we were in San Diego and when we solely focused on the Hellfire Gala mm-hmm. and it destroyed all willingness to do anything else X-Men related. <laughs> I don't know, did anybody else feel that? Like I, I finished reading it twice, three times, and then it was like I'm And that's enough. I'm good. I'm just I'm gonna step away from this world for a little bit. I need a break. I need to go outside. <laughs> I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to kind of we're gonna do a quick, quick glance. We have a couple of suggestions. Oh, suggestions. So I, I put a question box up in the story today on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, uh, we're probably going to do like a fast thing to catch up on everything. Or we might skip it. How do you feel? How do you feel? And so many people were like, don't skip. You can't skip. How are you going to skip? Why skip? And then Rod was like, skip. <laughs> which I felt that in my soul. He suggested that we each put a minute on the clock and we just say our thoughts about each issue. But then Captain 2 Michael was also like, hey, why don't you just do what you did with Fallen Friend with these issues, the worth mentioning approach, Mm. which is in my mind what I was going to do. So maybe a mix between the two. The added bonus of the, the terror of a clock that yeah, actually has no governance over you and your body. I mean, I like the idea of, of the clock. Um, you like briefly mentioned it to me in passing. So I didn't do any preparation to, to be able to like spit my thoughts out eloquently and quickly. So it could be oh, uh, yeah. disastrous yeah. or comical or great. I don't have like scripts of one minute for each <laughs> issue. Are you sure? I don't. I'm telling you. I'm not lying. I'm honest. <laughs> I'm True. not lying. Oh. Oh? Later. Oh. <laughs> later. But before later is now. And now is the news time. Oh, Christopher Walken hey, is here. it's the news. It's Christopher Walken is here. News, news, <laughs> news, news. News, news, news. Hey, Realm of X. We got mm. a first look today. Oh. Some unlettered finished art pages. Looking great. Everybody's still rocking their gala styles. Oh. Uh-huh. Because that that gate that they went through, something happened. They go someplace else. They didn't go into a meat grinder. They're not dead. Oh, they're not dead. We we were watching a live last night with Joshua Kassara. And he was like, yeah, because they're all, well, we think they're all dead. And I was like, <laughs> Josh. Oh, you could get them in trouble. Got them. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So these guys, they're definitely not dead. The other ones, TBD. TBD. You know, we'll see. Uh, they better not be dead. I swear, Jerry. I don't think they're dead. I'm sticking to it. I don't think they're it. dead either. Especially since, you know, we think they're dead. Right. No, yeah. Even before then. Right. Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. New Mutants preview. Had some pages as well. Carlos Gomez is the artist on that title. I did not realize that. Carlos Gomez oh, of wow. Exterminators you love and him. Rogue and Gambit. I do love him. I love his work. Very nice. 
Uh, in this preview, do you want to know other characters that showed up in okay. these preview pages? Okay. Because it's your girl, Shadowcat. Ooh. It's your other girl, Rasputin. Oh. And Sink and Talon. Oh, man. It looks like some kind of underground... X-Men team? Yeah. So I don't know. Is this is this our team? Is this our squad? Oh, my goodness. Gravy? I mean, coupled with... I don't know if you, it's like a blink and you miss it. One panel in Invincible Iron Man where Emma's like, I need to find what's... To gather the rest of the X-Men or something along mm. those lines. I'm like, okay. Emma's on the X-Men. She's got um, to be. Yes. Here for it. We got our first... Orcus broadcast today. Ooh. So some preview images, some clips, basically some some sights into the propaganda that they are peddling, which we have been told that we'll get something else on the other side from the resistance. Right, which I'm I'm excited about this. Yeah, this, this... I think it's a really fun way to keep it going and right. keep the fans like immersed in this idea that you have two different spins on one story. This mm-hmm. is you know. This is fascism. This is Orcus right. is fascism. They are the killers of the people. Yeah. They are terrible, terrible people and the worst. You know, if that upsets you, then turn off the podcast. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's an article about Beast's darkest moments. Ooh. You know, if you mm. ever needed to. In case we need a recap. Yeah. Which most of them before the Krakoanara. You know, wow, just really? kind of leading to this, you know, kicking it off strong with Threnody, getting into his alliance with Dark Beast, e- going into how, you know, unleashing the legacy virus on the scrolls. Yeah, that's pretty crappy. Helping the Illuminati destroy Earth. See, he's never been a good guy. That's why. So I was talking to Evan the other day and he's like, oh, it'd be great. This is the only retcon that i'll accept or the only explanation that i'll accept and it's like beast with a scroll chin mm. i'm like man i get having a fondness for a character and how they have crystallized in a 90s perspective but this fool's been messing up for like 30 years <laughs> he is not <laughs> as uh he's not a good dude nice as people think he is this has not been as you know it, it was an accelerated descent over the last three right. years for sure but when the conditions are right, you know, you got a stew going. Mm-hmm. You got a stew going. <laughs> From my Carl Weathers fans of Arrested Development. Oh, man. That's a deep cut. The most shocking moments from X-Men Hellfire Gala 2023. We're not talking about the gala today. No. But Marvel is. And we got an article. There's an article. You know, you can go through all of those shocking moments in case either you didn't read it or you want to catch up. You blacked out after. I texted Juan, who has only read House of X and Powers of Ten. Mm-hmm. Right? And I told him, there was basically the Red Wedding Infinity War event of X-Men comics this week. And it was insane. Mm-hmm. And he was like, did you guys do an episode about it? <laughs> I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. <laughs> Very intrigued. Big Game of Thrones fan. And also, <laughs> I was like, uh, Moira's different. <laughs> a lot's happened off panel, but a lot has happened in the last three years of Moira's you, you story. You missed a few things. Uh, you're not going to recognize her. I thought we weren't talking about the gala. We're not. That's We're not. It. That's, That's it. it. Wrap it up. Zip, zip, zip. Who are the new X-Men? Ooh. The one 
pull forward from San Diego Comic-Con that I'd like to talk about. Oh, it's like the new the X-Men. New X-Men. Not who's the new team, but like who no, are. Like, like on the other side of the that. The new X-Men. 2024, we're talking about the new X-Men in this Age of Apocalypse font. I don't know if this is after everything that we currently know and love. I don't know if it's the next step. It's just the fact that the type font is very different from anything Krakoan era. Yeah. So it just feels like a very distinguished maybe, set apart thing. Maybe Apocalypse in his journey is going to travel through different timelines and he's about to bring in some X-Men from somewhere else. So you're thinking that this is bef- this is Apocalypse coming in not having come in already. No, I'm thinking Apocalypse, who was like, I got to go because my wife's being crazy. I'm going to go off on my own adventure. He's going to go time hopping, gather some new X-Men. I love it. it, The only reason I'm questioning is because we saw Apocalypse on a cover of Immortal X-Men coming up. Uh, Well, not all of us keep those covers so close to the chest, okay? All right. Well, they live rent-free in my head 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He's courting the Phoenix fire on his arm. Oh. Which is just amazing. <laughs> and I'm very interested. I think that's issue 16, 15? TBD. We'll see. I mean, it's determined. I just don't know it. You just don't remember at this moment. I didn't do a poll. No poll. Rip the band-aid off. I didn't do a poll. There was too many things. Well, I was going to say, what was your favorite book? Of, of the last two weeks this, outside of the Hellfire Gala. <laughs> <laughs> this hand-picked menagerie of books that I said, hey, pick one. So well, why don't we why don't we tell people what books we're talking about since we did didn't we not do, do a that. rundown we didn't even do a rundown well, well, we're so out of control right now we don't even know what's happening it's a Tuesday we don't even record on a Tuesday all right anyway we've got New Mutants Lethal Legion number five X Men Red number thirteen The Excellent number five Storm number three. Deadpool, number nine, The Invincible Iron Man, number eight, and Wolverine, number 35. We'll be coming back at you with that Digi, the Infinity comic, next week. Or this week. This week. Next episode. Next episode, when we wrap it all up together in a nice little package, because it's a three-part series. It's a four-part series. But the first three parts are out, and we we haven't... (laughs) prepared to talk about them. I forgot all about Infinity Comics. Yep. What even are those? Yeah, well, you read all those comics today. Not all. Most of them. them. So, do you have any personal news? I'm not prepared, not prepared. Um, personal news. I mean, it's been it's been like 2 weeks since we've done personal news. San Diego Comic-Con still on the table. Oh, right. We haven't even talked about San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, we've talked about it excessively on right. social media. But on the podcast, no. Wow. Okay. Well, whew. I mean, I had some big cosplay milestones at San Diego Comic-Con. I had my Captain Kate on the Marvel Instagram page, and they actually tagged me, which was like, poof, that's a whole nother thing. They never tag you. They just, you, you sign a waiver, they use your picture. Yeah. Um, and then people usually retweet or tag, and then they're like, hey, that's this that's person. That's so-and-so. And... I mean, woke up to an email from Disney News with my Rasputin on it and just like got a bunch of new followers and building up the community and met so many new cosplay people. And, you know, I just, my brain exploded at San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. In like a great way. 
I think I finally caught up on sleep. Mm, working on it. Yeah, we'll see. I had my panel on Sunday. Yeah, That was did. incredible. That was a much larger room that I was anticipating. I mm. walked over to that. I was like, no, this is not the right room. This can't be the right room. There's all these people here. There's, look at all these people in line. There's like a thousand people in this room. Yeah, it, it was, was a, amazing. It was a huge room. And I think went really well. Yeah, it was a lot I mean, of fun. You had people coming up to you like on the street far away from the con. Yeah, after, after the con the ended. Con. Yeah. We were waiting for our Uber and just people walking up and being like, hey man, great panel. Yeah. So you know. And we met a couple of people that are friends of the pod and we're talking to them. Yeah. Positive fan. That was cool. Yeah. To meet in person. It, it was just super cool to just connect with a bunch of new people and connect with people who you know, you know, online, but then you get to talk to them in person. Yeah. In the real world. Some joint news. Ooh. We, after a long hiatus, started our D&D campaign with influences from superheroes. Yeah. The campaign is actually called Superheroes? Question, Question mark. mark. <laughs> Would you like to tell the folks about Sapphire Midnight? Sapphire Midnight is a pirate bard elf creature who you know she just started out wanting to do some good she was going out on a ship exploratory missions really trying to make things better for the people of her homeland and then you know her ship gathered some materials that were valuable and they were attacked and everyone on her crew was killed except for her but she was like near dead she made her way to shore and she became friends with this little old woman who was secretly magic and inspired her to join the college of whispers where she learned some sick magic and she's out for revenge and she's she's sort of hardened over her time becoming magical learning from the battles out at sea and uh in her attempt to find revenge and uh, get justice for her crew she stumbles into this secret society of somewhat super people who could maybe be heroes but instead they work for this underground vigilante society we have been approved for light murder yeah and it's great and I had so much fun playing Dungeons and Dragons. And Four hours flew by. Intimidating some goblins yes. and killing some water monsters. It was a good time. Do you want to tell people about Treesus? Treesus has risen. <laughs> he is a 85-year-old Furbolg, which is a relative, a distant cousin of the giants. He's a druid cleric, multi-classed character who... Is basically Krakoa in human form uh, with elixir inspirations. Nice. He uh, He's just a big old tree guy. He can transform into a wolf, which is cool, and cast a bunch of spells and dabbling in necromancy because yes. I was doing some reading. So, I mean, he was in an army. Uh, an army of the Underdark, which is something that I just created because the one that I wanted is irrelevant <laughs> for 20 years of his life. So he's a he's a hardened fighter, but the army has let him go to pursue his magical pursuits with the secret intent to recruit him back Ooh. to raise the dead into their ranks. Oh, shoot. That's my long game. And I spent 30 years in a hermitage. 
just connecting with nature to quell the dark thoughts within. Didn't work. Didn't work. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Still here to murder. <laughs> or also to tie up and exchange for bounty. Yeah. Which was a great use of having packed rope in my and your mm-hmm. accessories. Yes. Equipment. It's fun. I'm excited for the next one. My character was originally going to be inspired by magic, but then she became a little bit more of like a, I guess a Danny Moonstar, because a lot of my spells have to do with like haunting people's dreams and things like that. Yeah. Captain Two Michael sent us some Lego X-Men news about a new minifigure collection that includes Wolverine, Beast, and Storm. Cool. As well as rumors of an X mansion, uh oh, and X jet, and I Uh-oh. know that's I'm like I don't, I like Lego X Men, but this is gonna open up a whole oh, thing yeah. that I don't, I don't know that I can do. I mean, I have so many little uh, Lego X Men upstairs. Right, they would need fit. an X mansion to be hanging out in, or a much more reasonably priced and sized. X jet to fly in towards missions. Is there enough space for my full roster? It's rumored. Haven't seen it. <laughs> Michael also wanted to know what mutants would go to Comic Con. <laughs> what mutants would go to Comic Con? I feel like Gwenpool definitely. Oh, she loves comics. They are in a heartbeat. Yeah. I mean, Kamala would probably go. Absolutely. For sure. Kamala and she's would a go. mutant now. And she's a mutant now, and you know she's the number one fangirl, so she's going. Pastry Jordan sent us a picture of the Marvel role playing game book that just mm. recently came out. Ooh. And I was like, uh oh, is this a new obsession that you have unlocked? But maybe in the page for Miss Marvel it says inhuman. And it's like already out of date. Oh, already not not correct. Who else would go? Michael said the Snicked fam. I was going to say Gabby. Gabby, Gabby would be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, the rest of the fam, not so excited, but they're there on a road trip together because that was wholesome AF. Yes, it was. Deadpool. Oh, yeah. Bob, who I don't think you know. No, but also Deadpool's not a mutant. That's true. Neither, neither is Bob or Jeff. Jeff the Landshark? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's he's mutated. I don't know. I don't know either. Bob is a Hydra agent that is besties with Deadpool. Oh, Bob. And there was a two-pack at San Diego. The exclusive from Hasbro Pulse, Marvel Legends, was a Deadpool and Bob two-pack. You saw that at the panel. I did. I bought that when we got back. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Surprise. Hey, let's talk about comics. Okay. Oof. You ready? Well, yeah, so you're looking at New Mutants Lethal Legion number five. New Mutants, yes. What was your what was your big picture? What was your, your overall feel walking away from this book, this end of the miniseries, this end of Sheila and Morgan's arc for now? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I really like the way that the team fleshed out. I think the kind of merging of the New Mutants and the new New Mutants together was nice you know the moment where the younger group is starting to kind of feel like oh man we really messed up and like we shouldn't have done it this way and Danny comes out and says no we're gonna do a heist we're gonna do a heist you know and basically like learns from the kids I thought that was really cool um I mean ridiculous villain fun action overall I really I really enjoyed this story and this arc 
Um, I know it's not everybody's favorite or everybody's cup of tea, but I actually just liked seeing this story for what it was and the fact that it didn't necessarily infuse into the politics of Krakoa. They just exist within Krakoa. You know, you get you get a sewer dragon on your side that's always good. The art I really like. That was a whole minute? That was a minute. You timed it? Yeah. Shoot, I did not do a good job. Hey, it's all right. Okay. Do I get a minute now? I guess. Should I put a real timer on? <laughs> Rod was like, I, I don't think that you'll be able to talk for a full minute about New Mutants Lethal Legion. Because apparently, not a lot of other people enjoyed it. But Okay, ready to go. I really did enjoy this. I thought that it was a good ending to the overall story. I think we brought everything back together and we resolved a lot of the uncertain emotions between our characters, particularly Arabella and Sheila. Yeah, that kiss. Yeah, the kiss at the end. But then also even Morgan and Sheila working through their unknown with their friendship and what was going to happen. The fact that Morgan and Beatrice are moving to Krakoa at literally the worst possible I time know. to be at Krakoa. Everything that Morgan has feared will come true with the death and destruction of maybe question mark. Not talking about the gala. <laughs> I thought the action was insane. I thought the number of threads that were happening were really intricate and just, you know, the the skillful way that that has progressed throughout the entire series was hey, here are the little twos or threes of people that are continuing to add up to this larger heist. Pencils down. What else I thought was nice was the kind of acknowledgement of the relationship. Listen, I'm saying it. Okay, no, that's It's not a hard and fast one minute. Between Wolfsbane and Morgan and like... The moment of Morgan being like, uh, and Wolfsbane uh, like, nah, I'm kind of old for you. Like, I'm not saying this, this that. Like, let's, we're I'm, friends. I'm like, not making a move. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I mean, do we need to give a little recap of what exactly happened in this issue? I think we just did. Did we? We didn't even talk about the heist. The mall. All the innocent people. All right. Well, what's the worth mentioning? Give me the, that was like your, your one minute big picture thought. What are the things that people need to know? Count Nefaria, maybe dead. Yeah. Defeated his machine to turn everyone into ion batteries. Yeah. He wanted to basically kill everybody to power them, power himself up, which. Got shot down. Didn't really go well for him. And then, yeah, like you said. Love is happening. Peeps be moving to Krakoa. Moonstone. I thought that that was an interesting arc for that character. And just trying to appeal to them being a therapist. Like, hey, what do you think about Gaunaferia? Yeah. Gabby taking in the little sewer monster as her own. Yeah. thought that was cute because apparently Gabby's got a collection of creatures. You know. Them all hanging out at the Green Lagoon. That was cool. Seeing everybody. And then the note from Charlie Jane Anders at the end. Yeah, I thought that was really great. Just knowing that Marvel had approached them for creating a character, a trans character, and that Sheila has been cooking for a little while in terms of development for this arc, this series, that this is really the introduction to these two characters. Where they go from here, unclear, but happy to have them. Happy to have them. We got any questions about that one? Nope. No questions. <laughs> this is the only one to not get any questions. Other Bummer. than other than Deadpool, Exterminators, 
no, the excellent, uh, the excellent and Storm. But yes, that was the only Krakoan book to not get questions. Written by Charlie Jane Anders, art by Enid Balam, inks by Elizabeth Diamico, colors Matt Miller, letters Travis Lanham, BC Travis Lanham, Javi Fernandez and Eric Arseniega on the cover. We actually got a variant of this issue. I actually really like the variant cover. I do too. In comparison, it's the same, but it's it just has color. less colors. Right. It's just whited out background, I believe. Yeah, I like I like the variant better, I think. Ooh. Ooh. Take that, Eric. That's rude. I didn't say that. The variant still has some color in it. Yeah. Gosh, making me out to be such a bad guy. Speaking of bad guys. Genesis. Incoming. Men red. Okay. Wow. All right. Are you timing me again? Hold on. You gonna time me for real this time? I timed. I didn't Mississippi. You Mississippi. So you weren't really listening to me because you were counting Mississippis in your head. I can do two things at once. <laughs> Go. Okay. Well, hmm. If there's a civil war happening, it's because Genesis started it. Oh, yeah. So she's just like coming up into the council. She's just poking the bear. She's really angsty as to why these people are following Storm. And what's interesting to me is the way that there are little uprisings, like certain members of the Great Ring just being like, yeah, we need to be on Genesis' side, while others are kind of like kibitzing in the corner and trying to make like secret plots. Storm wants none of it. I also think it's interesting that I think it's Aura Serata can also hear Annihilation. Yeah. But Genesis maybe can't hear it or can't acknowledge that she's hearing it mm. and no one else can hear it, which I think is going to be an interesting kind of plot twist. Um you know, and we're really left with this moment of Storm standing up to Genesis and then the Great Ring just sort of splitting. Dang, it's so hard to talk in one minute. <laughs> it really is. It's unrealistic and it's really just for a fun construct. You can continue to finish your thought. I just think it's crazy the way that this rift is caused between the group when it seems like everyone was so fully supportive of Storm and it's like you're really learning how many of the members of the Great Ring are not actually interested. Well, I mean, it, you compare it back to, I think it was, what, the X-Men 12 or 11, or one of those issues where they were talking about how many of the people of the Great Ring voted to go back to war times. That mm. they, th This peace is not what suits them. It's not what they want to do. But Arako themselves was like, no, th this is what I want to be. This is who I am. Yeah, and just like... Why are there so many dead bones all around? That's where... Is this from Uranus? Uranus? Yeah. So, like, they're just chilling and, and Genesis is just shoving that in their face. I mean, she plays this left and right. Yeah. Gotta love Kobach. He's up for a fight. He's like, oh, you want you want your seat back? Come and get it. Yeah. And you know who's not up for a fight? Or who is the challenge that no one wants to accept? Laktuka. <sighs> uh, do you want to challenge me? Uh, no, they, no, they, no, no. They fled. It's cool. They fled. They ran. I don't need to. Nope. Not interested. <sighs> All right. Are you ready for your one minute on X-Men Red? Sure. Ready and Go. This was the calm before the storm that was not calm at all. This is the place setting issue before the war breaks out, right? Genesis and the way that she's manipulating everyone's opinion mm -hmm. into remembering their old ways, re-embracing their old ways, but even she is being manipulated. 
to see Sabunar affected so much by this word shame and help and Mm. and to watch on his face that how you know like this is not the council that we have seen this is not the great ring that we have been following over these last however many issues this is a team that is being divided by the old love you know Mm -hmm. like the the leader that used to be the the way that she discredits John Ironfire reinforcements yeah. you you wanted to do you wanted people to back you up what are you not strong can you not survive like these dead bodies you're gonna use Uranos and he killed all these people done wow you literally stopped just at a minute good whatever <laughs> what I was gonna say the second that they see Genesis it's so interesting how just her presence brings upon such self-doubt for some sure, of them. Yeah. Of like, it's like they they almost feel still drawn to her or still tied to her. And they had this thing like, oh, well, we can latch onto Storm because Genesis is never coming back. Right. And then as soon as Genesis comes back, they're like, oh, shoot. All right. We've been caught. And like now we don't know who where our loyalties really lie. We never change. It wasn't about love and poetry. Lotus Logos doesn't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. I am so annoyed by this. And as is everyone, like Aeon, the, the balanced two heads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just throws That's a knife at his head. Silly dog. Yeah. That was, that was ridiculous. I really enjoyed... John Ironfire here and what he's standing up for. And, ah, man, Laktuka was one of my favorite of the Great Ring when initially introduced. Mm -hmm. So happy to see them pulling some weight here, doing what they think is right and standing up to Genesis. Yeah. And her backing down, basically. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. Um, Also, I like that a fight just like it's like no i'm gonna challenge this person no, i'm gonna challenge that person and then they just all start fighting each other and yes. you're like oh y'all this is not a good this is not a good look for no, you you're no. definitely setting yourself up for disaster here and going to destroy the entire government system of our little planet yeah that which was xylo in the data pages mm. lotus's plea to move people from the challenge and was the this was the high insult that would start the war. Mm-hmm. The whispers of the Annihilation staff, staff sullying the challenge. Learning from the crucible that is the Krakoans way. Right. I thought that was an interesting detail to call out. The fact that two people enter, one leaves, but only in a way to become whole. Not as a way to assert right. strength over the Power other. Power dominance. Right. right. It's like, it's it's the opposite. It's like we're fighting to save one of us, not right. fighting to destroy one of us. Right. It's the way of apocalypse versus the way of Genesis. <sighs> apocalypse. I want you to be stronger. I want you to know that there is place for you, even if you're not as strong as you could be right now, you can build to that. It's interesting. There's like a... Um, a similar thing I talk about sometimes in the dance world, in my experience dancing in a ballet company versus or being around ballet versus being around contemporary dance, and that the sort of energy of a lot of ballet settings is you want to be the best in the room and you, you just want to destroy everyone else in your path because you want to be number one, whereas other settings are like, Everyone wants to push each other to be better. So you want to be better, but you also want the person next to you to be better and you want to be better as a whole group. And I think that's that's an interesting uh, 
parallel to Genesis and Apocalypse. It reminds me of stand-up versus improv, mm. right? You're on your own, you're solo, you're doing your thing versus everyone's trying to make the group look better. Right. Like, I'm not trying to be the best person on stage. I'm trying to make my partner, my scene partner look better. Because mm-hmm. if you succeed, then we all succeed. Yeah. We do have some questions for X-Men Red. Ooh. Blonde China calling us out. How dare you skip them, LMFAO? <laughs> like, we need opinions on Red. I know. And I think that we, you know, like this is a happy medium. We're not yeah. skipping. We're still hanging out. We're still talking. We got our opinions. Excited for the Genesis War. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to figure out, you know, we know that the Genesis War is happening simultaneously to the events, the events of the gala, but I'm interested to see how that affects what's going on on Earth and or if they can even breathe for a second to acknowledge or know what's going on. Or if Orcus is going to take advantage of that chaos and yes. just like destroy Arako. As someone who read the full preview pages of this week's X-Men 25, yes. Dagnabbit you and your preview pages. Me and my previews. Woohoo! Remspringer sent the picture of the Mean Girls but with names from the great ring on the characters. So, uh, <laughs> oh, that is amazing. I don't know. Lindsay Lohan's character is Sabunar. Genesis is the leader. I don't know her character name. I love the movie. Katie. Don't know we, sure. No, no, I'm sorry. Regina George. Genesis is Regina. There, there you go. Gretchen Wieners is aura. Yeah. That makes, that, that makes tracks. a lot of sense. And the weather girl is Katie. Like uh, I thought, Katie was Lindsay Lohan. No, Katie Heron is Lindsay Lohan. Oh my God, <gasps> Karen. Her sure. name is Karen. That was go. just devastatingly embarrassing. Oh, that I did not get that right. I just accepted it. Also, Genesis sure was quick to back down from Lactuka for such a proud warrior, hypocrite. Which is something that I was talking about too. The fact that either. Lactuka is really bringing some strength that we don't know about, this knower of all things, mm. or that was not the the main prize of the day. I feel like Genesis was like, no, I don't need to fight you because I'm not interested in being on the Great Ring. I'm interested in destroying all of you because none of you deserve to be leading Arako. Like, well, she, all of this should be toast. So she does want to be on the Ring. She does want her seat back. This child who holds it, Kobach... Like, uh, get out and out of my seat. And even them defending Storm and being like, no, I fought Storm. She mm-hmm. she holds it down. She's a leader. She is strong. Uh, I thought that was an interesting back and forth exchange. Warlion saying that X-Men Red is making me root for Genesis and her pals. And Ooh. Uh, someone's whispering in your ear on that, buddy. I gotta, I'm worried for you. <laughs> they're the bad guys in this. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Also, after the Hellfire Gala, maybe you need the strong. It's really an interesting right? question because essentially Genesis is, well, the, okay, contradicting myself in my head before I even get my words out. Boom. The thing is that. Gemini. Genesis is like, you always have to be fighting so that you're never weak, but there's a difference between fighting just to be constantly, like you can't rejuvenate, you can't plot you can't train you're just always worn down from fighting but 
there is something to be said about the assumption that everything is fine and peaceful when that's how things like the Hellfire Gala happen. Right. Well, and I also think that Genesis is more taking down her people from the inside, Mm. right? Winnowing the weak, which is just not a way to lift up everyone in strength that I feel would be Storm's ideology, Apocalypse's ideology of like, no, this is how we as a mutant people become stronger together. Mm -hmm. Not this is how we cast away the people that don't fit what we need right now. Right. J.P. Didomasso wondering how Storm didn't know that Genesis was returning if it also happened in the Sins of Sinister timeline. And I do believe her first reaction was already. Right. Like she sees Genesis and she's like, wait, no, this is this is way too soon it was supposed to happen, what, a handful of years after, at least a year after the Sins of Sinister timeline started. Yeah, so she just wasn't expecting it that quickly. Because of the manipulation of Orcus through Kabba. Right, they they uh, called her in. Lit that fire a little early. Yeah. This was written by Al Ewing, pencils by Jacopo Camagni, Colors, Federico Blee. Letters and production, Ariana Maher. VCs, Ariana Maher. Russell Dodderman and Matthew Wilson on that epic Genesis cover. Mm-hmm. I love that cover. It's a great cover. We haven't even done a single page turn noise. That's you. You get mad if I do it. <sighs> Tell me I'm wrong. We haven't talked about covers and my whole flow is off. Are you ready to do your first page turn noise on the excellent no, number No, I'm going to do an honorary page turn noise for all the books. It's not just for the excellent. All right. The excellent. Are you ready to time me? Sure. Okay. Here we go. You really got a minute? <laughs> nope. Here we go. Zeitgeist is a jerk face. He's becoming a god. Oh, my God. Look at me. I'm so cool. I'm a god. Guess what? The other team is still figuring out how to bring him down, but they don't know. What else is he going to do? Talk trash, degrade women, kill a bunch of people. Classic zeitgeist. Classic zeitgeist. He's like, oh, man, I need Venus DeMilo to be free, but I don't really need you anymore, scientist guy. And guess what? That's going to come back and bite him in the butt because Venus DeMilo is going to regenerate herself and save everyone by sending Zeitgeist into like a weird portal time where he can't get out of, even though he's a god. And Mirror Girl and the John guy are going to go run away together and everyone's going to live happily ever after because Zeitgeist is gone and nobody cares. Ten seconds left on the clock. She yields her ten seconds. It's gone. What else do you it's need gone. to say? I mean, I don't even know what else I would say about this book otherwise. It was fine. It was a story. If you like these characters, if this is something you connect to, you know, in your past, if you're a fan of The Excellent as an overarching title, then I think you probably had a good time reading it. Right. Yeah. It, it closed the story, which yeah. is what you want. Full circuit. And brings in Venus D. Milo, which is great. Returns her to the story, to, yeah. the, to the teams. Um, I love Zeitgeist's recruitment plan. Yeah, we'll kill them unless they join. Mm-hmm. Until they join. Are they dead? Then they can join. I just hate Zeitgeist, which I know you're supposed to. He's the yeah, bad guy. He's the worst. And so does almost his entire team. Right. Unless they're manipulated By to the not. end, they're not even trying to like defend him. They're just like, yeah, please get rid of him. We do get a 
where did everybody go? What happened at the end? So, you know, a couple people walked off. A couple people went into jail. That's it. Good talk. The excellent. Give me those credits. Written by Peter Milligan. Art by Michael Doc Alred. Colors, Laura Alred. Letters, Nate Picos. Of Blambot Studios? Yeah. Of Blambot. Are you so proud? I wasn't even looking and I knew that it was Blambot. Michael and Laura Alred on the cover. Yeah, I'm so proud. I'm so proud. (laughs) All right. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Storm. Do you want to talk about this cover? Alan Davis on covers. I'm always happy to talk about Alan Davis. I mean, it's a great cover. The swirling fire energy is out of this world. This entity. Who they are and what that means is a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. A minute on the clock. All right. So, Storm. What's happening in Storm's world? Was she still confused and conflicted about what's going on with her powers and the draining of her powers and the changing of her powers and how is this entity connected to her? Xavier is being mean to Kitty because she went out on her own and figured out things. You deliberately disobeyed me. And he's like, if I could get up out of this chair and fight, I would. Mm, Not sure if you would, but okay. Um, Then there's a pool party. Everyone's trying to hang and have a good time. Storm just wants to burn all her clothes and get out of here. Xavier's like, all right, well, maybe have a little bit more respect for yourself and what you've become and, like, don't just... Don't be shamed of yourself, essentially, because I feel like that's essentially what she's doing. And he's like, why don't you go say bye to everybody at the pool before, you know, you you go off on your own. Logan's brooding. What else is new? And we find out that Kitty, she didn't get those terrible tattoos. They're They're just a little painted on. She just washes them away in the pool. They have a, you know, a ninja fight. No, I'm going to finish. They have a ninja fight with their eyes in the pool and... Storm decides she's going to go off on her own, but her friend Travis comes over and is like, hey, we have to help Storm. We need to take care of this entity. And then they fight the entity and they find out that it's actually Storm. Somehow, someway, parts of Storm. We don't know. Parts of Storm sourced from Storm's wayward energies. And, uh, you know, fiery battle and TB to be continued. Beep, 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 beep. You're so mad that I kept going. I am. All right. Well, it's your turn. No. Yeah. I think we're just talking about it now. Nope. Ready, set, go. Storm's there. So is everybody else. They fight. It's great. I like the parallel, the the story that Storm tells about pulling moisture from other places to use her powers Mm. and how she gradually overcame that by learning with other people to be able to pull from the oceans and then to redistribute afterwards. I thought that was a really interesting understanding of her powers i did like this whole you know kitty is strong on the fact that she's been wronged for some reason and Mm -hmm. i i get that because they are assumed to be best friends but at the same time like you're a child storm is an adult she went through a big change and she's reflecting that through her choices what i think is interesting um about that is that Sometimes when you have a relationship with... That's your time, by the way. Yeah, you took it. Yeah, I know. Because I would like to have a conversation. Sometimes when you have a relationship, like a mentor-mentee relationship, 
the line of that relationship can get blurred. And I think that that's where Kitty's issue is coming from, is right. that Storm is like, I don't have to tell you what's going on. And Kitty's like, but we're, we're a team, we're partners, we tell each other everything. And it's this realization that, like, the relationship isn't exactly what Kitty thought it was because she is a child and Storm is an adult and there have to be boundaries in their relationship. And Kitty's having a hard time accepting that. So she's angsty. And she does terrible braids in her hair. They just, they're <laughs> not she, for you, Kitty. She's back to normal in this issue. Thank which is goodness. Great, you know, and I really like the couple panels of the team charging this entity. Mm. And I will say that Travis is up to no good. Oh, uh, 100%. He definitely created this monster in some way. Whether he created the monster or is, you know, maybe that's how he's taking reads on her powers and using that to Mm -hmm. influence and inform i don't know i am still um, unsure as to who the major players are in the background how mystique yeah mystique is is up to something is this one of kitty's like many looks this light blue bodysuit with the white boots and the white belt or is this just special for this it's almost between a couple of her looks i don't know that i recognize it immediately but it looks like She's almost in the Mutant Massacre look, you know, like the, the billowy sleeves that she then wears Mimic in Excalibur. Excalibur. Yep. And kind of Ariel's green mm. look, which, you know, is just kind of like a blending, which I guess Rogue took and repurposed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I'm still interested in it you know, as far as these flashback stories go. Yeah. I'd be interested to see where it all goes and how it all comes together for sure. Yeah. Written by Anne Nascenti, art by Geraldo Borges, colors Andrew Dollhouse, letters Ariana Maher. VCs Ariana Maher. Alan Davis and Alejandro Sanchez on the cover. Alan Davis. <sighs> I got to tell you. Yeah. I took. No notes on this issue? Deadpool? Because I loved it so much. Oh my gosh. I loved this issue. You loved this issue? I, why? Did you not? I did, but you don't often say you love Deadpool and you oh, usually no, no, no. are upset that it doesn't have anything to actually do with Krakoa. Krakoa is mentioned in this book. That That is gone like two or three issues ago. That's small potatoes. That's small papas. Pequeño papas. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. Well, what do you think about the cover? I think it's creepy. I think it's wispy. And I think it is dangerous as we arrive at the end of our story Mm. here. I believe there is only one more issue of this series. Ooh. I don't think Deadpool, the title, is continuing. I think we've talked about that previously. The fact that Deadpool is on the Uncanny Avengers. Mm. Uh, Alyssa Wong is going to be writing Captain Marvel. I just don't see. It's not got. It's not got a future. No. All right. Would you like to do your one minute first this time? Three, two, one. Recap. So I had a range of emotions from this. So we get Yuriko Oyama, Lady Deathstrike, essentially selling out her found family mm-hmm. here. The twist later on that no, she is still working with her friends. Maybe I don't know. I am twisted around so many ways that I don't know who's working for who as everyone's captured and in the 
Altillier's secret hideout as the Horn Emperor is standing on Deadpool's face. And he's into it. He loves it. He's always into it. The broken arms that are Valentine's new situation, they need to figure out what they can do. Slowly reassembling their fingers and hands to be able to use their powers and to affect the outcome. The outcome being that they take on the Horned Emperor with Deadpool, with all the other mystical creatures that were brewing in his stomach. Ooh, your time is up. And I don't care. (laughs) And the fact that they are able to take down the Horned Emperor together. Let's talk about those mystical creatures, okay? We got brood. I had to. I had to read this a couple of times to just understand what what happened in between these panels. Well, right, because all those are in there from the heroine. Yes, but it's brood. It's a mindless one. It's whatever the the dog that amazing baby is. Warwolves. Warwolves. Little bamps. Little bamps. Two, three broods. And what I what I don't know what this like frog tooth demon is yeah and this swamp thing looking guy yeah there's a whole a whole crew of meaty children as deadpool refers to them and then you know when we get to the end and we finally so much is revealed in the end valentine's been a part of the atelier since they were a child yes they have always seen the horned um Emperor. Emperor around in every photo and everything since the dawn of time. Uh, Deadpool ends up killing, or uh, actually Valentine ends up killing the Horned Emperor, which, surprise, the Horned Emperor is just a mantle. And whoever kills the Horned Emperor then becomes the Horned Emperor. And, hi, hi, they say dad. They call the Horned Emperor dad, new information, and then becomes the Horned Emperor, and then the rest of the Atelier come in and they're like, yeah, we're going to kill you now because we actually want to be the Horned Emperor. And then they're like, nah, bow to me. I'm in charge. Yeah. What a twist. Right. I'm excited to see how this ends. I'm interested to know, are they able to recover Valentine from this mantle now? Or is this, does Valentine have any influence over the Horned Emperor mantle? Are they able to lead the atelier in a new direction or with some new understanding? Should, I think that would all be really be interesting. interesting. Yeah. I But I I mean, I really enjoyed this issue as well. I thought it was fun. I I was so mad at Deathstrike. I was yes. like, how dare you? Yes. And then I was like, oh, JK, she's still on our side. When she tells Princess, I'm going to get you out of here. I mean... It reads very believable. Right. The fact that Deathstrike is working with her brother. The mm-hmm. fact that this is a bargaining chip to get her into the atelier. Right, because that that's how wanted. this whole thing started. That's what she wanted from the start. Her and Deadpool trying to audition together. The reveal that Valentine has been using Wade or wanting to recruit Wade to essentially help them take down the horned emperor i thought that was right. really interesting to right admit. and the whole like i didn't know i was gonna fall in love with you for real right kind of clears up all that question of hey we're unsure if we should trust valentine Are it seems like valentine wade? actually likes wade what's happening and then that really beautiful moment where wade is 
pulling them into his chest and kissing their head and saying, you know, like, it's cool. Everyone that I've ever loved has tried to kill me. Yes. It's kind of a thing that they do. Friends. Lovers. Lovers. No questions for Deadpool. It's no not a Krakoan questions. book. It wasn't on the, the list. All right. Now, I've been thinking about this because before we started the episode, we were deciding, is it Wolverine or is it Invincible Iron Man that we talk about? And you talked about this like wrapping up of the destiny of X. And now I put them in this order with Invincible Iron Man before Wolverine. But now I'm feeling like we should switch it. Because this would finish out our wrapping up of Destiny of X with Wolverine. Invincible Iron Man kind of takes us into post-Hellfire Gala madness. Yeah, that's fair. I do want to give credits for Deadpool, though. Yes. Written by Alyssa Wong. Art by Luigi Zagaria. Colors Matt Miller. Letters Josephino. Josephino. Cover by Martin Cococolo and Niraj Menon. Ooh, Wolverine. Oh, Bubsy, Bubsy, Bubsy. Wolverine and the Bubs. What do you think of that cover? I mean... It's the one that I've wanted. It's, it's the, the time one, that I've wanted. The one you've been waiting for? Yes. It's... I think it's a great cover, but I think Beasts looks way too chill to be being taken down by Wolverine in that way. He's not fighting back at all. Well, he's he looks bound and tied. Yeah, for sure. And plus... Spoiler alert, he gets away. Ugh. I was so upset. I was so upset by that. Uh. Okay. Are you ready to time me for my one minute thoughts? Yeah. Are you are you giving thoughts or are you? Yeah, I'll a give recap? thoughts. There I won't go. give a recap, okay? I just don't know how to not give a recap, but I'll give thoughts. <laughs> go. Okay. So Beast's jokes are not funny. That's what I'll say. I don't understand his joke at the beginning. It's what? not a joke. You'll have to explain it to me later. But Jeff Bannister is the real MVP for me because he just like him just throwing himself into Beast just to mess with him. And also the call out that he's the one like when Beast puts on his glasses when he's talking to to Wolverine and Maverick. And Jeff is like, no, the real Beast, the actual Beast doesn't actually wear glasses. That's amazing. The Bub Bub Kill Kills, I love them endlessly. I'm so excited to see Sage like taking charge of the team and moving the team forward and and all of that jazz. I like that Wolverine is just like, no more games, not messing around. I'm coming for you. The like the tactics, the way what I love so much about a Wolverine comic and the way Ben Percy works with an artist is like we're hearing the story from Wolverine and we're seeing the the team doing all the things on the panels outside and and those are my favorite of like we're simultaneously telling two stories at once by telling one story that one page with the side by side of what's happening inside the kaiju base and what's happening as they remove the head and put it in the hand and Mm -hmm. and it explodes in the end i thought that was really clever yeah okay your one minute of thoughts begins now this is ultimately disappointing Oh, in terms of the ending that I wanted or mm. the ending that I was rooting for, it keeps the plot open, which helps confirm that Ben's not done. Right. So that's great. Uh, awesome team ups. Great action pages. Espionage. The overall story was fun. I just wanted a more finite ending for Beats, Beast's fate. You know, I, I feel like the teasing solicitation said that only one would walk away from this 
end of the encounter. And I call bullocks or I guess Beast swam away or propelled <laughs> away. He did not walk away. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't what I was expecting. Mm. And do you now have more opportunity for Beast to be a bigger agent? Or is this going to just continue to be Wolverine's plot as he hunts down Beast and these three errant Wolverine clones? Mm, interesting. Time's up. What I think is that maybe the original intent for the story was for there to be a solid ending and then the ex-office kind of decided we need Beast as a player, as a pawn in the fall of X game. And so we can't have him die here because otherwise who do we blame for everything that's going on? Sure. Right. I definitely hear what you're saying. It's super frustrating that he just like gets away and we don't actually, I, I really wanted the, the, I wanted uh, his head bubs. on a stick. I wanted the little bubs to, to yes. actually revolt and yes. like make that happen. I mean, they take the collars off them and they go crazy for like a second, but it really doesn't. They do. Chop up all the lesser beasts. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that was good. I liked I, parts of it. I just, I I wanted something in particular that I thought we were teased up for. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I will say that I love the way that Sage is like, gets the information from the council and then sends a message to everyone except Colossus. And it's just like, we're doing, I I don't care what the council says. If I lose my job, I lose my job. Like this is what we're here for. This is the real threat. We're going after him. Krakoa is about to go bye-bye anyway. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Go out strong. Mm -hmm. I do like the team. I like, I mean, Laura doesn't really do anything as Laura. She's just stabs, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, Maybe that will change once Logan isn't around. Yeah, we'll see. I was confused by Omega Red being back to life. I think we had a question that was calling that out too. It was like, where did where did he come from? Oh, right, because he died in the time travel yep. shenanigans. And-, and just is back even though the five are on strike. Who knows, timey-wimey, you know, what's yeah, happening Yeah, where when. does this fall? Right. Because also how is Colossus on that time adventure and then back to make that terrible vote? mm to release the sins of sinister information. Crazy madness. What even is time? We don't know. I overall enjoy Wolverine as a title more than I generally do. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Rufio O'Connor the other day and, and he was in the same boat with, with Wolverine. Uh, I was like, wait, what? How, how am I enjoying this? <laughs> Why am I looking forward to this? Well, I mean, I, exactly what you said. The literal front of this book says the end of beast and the weapons of x right question mark though? dot 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 question mark question mark right exclamation point never no. the end never the end it's marvel you cannot end yeah you are ip you're not a person <laughs> blonde china is kind of annoyed that beast just escaped with the cerebro sword yeah for sure and i feel like that's largely what i'm feeling is that you know that was a great final stand from deadpool yeah just half body going for it going for it not even phased by the lack of legs i think back to it's funny because josh mentioned it in the live last night when wolverine was split in half and Mm -hmm. couldn't do anything really i mean well no he still did kill that guy right you first (laughs) (laughs) uh i can i can see that panel in my mind vividly vividly it's so gory it's so beautiful the schlunk that's Ugh. that's even the the word as forge with his Krakoa suit. 
smushes Wolverine's parts back oh, together. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's so good. But yes, ultimately annoyed that the all-powerful Cerebro Sword and the Maniacal Beast have escaped. They're disappeared. The fact that they destroyed all of his resurrection technology, the conversation about... Oh, couldn't we just make a bunch of Deadpool? What's a, what's the plural of Deadpool? A dead pile? A dead pool? Yeah. <laughs> that was... And also, like, sucks that you guys did that. You destroyed this other resurrection protocol without knowing but, that the five are going to be disappeared. Right, but logical to put them into the corner that they're in. I also don't know the extent of Beast's Cerebro scan or right. genetics that he's kept in catalog. I don't know. You know, Nobody knows what he's been doing in secret. That's why it's a secret. Right. Well, Blanchine also was wondering, when did Omega Red come back? Right. How did he get here? Warline wants to know, are you going to catch up with Ghost Rider because of the upcoming crossover? So the weapons of vengeance, the the tease at the end of this issue. I flat out said no. No, I'm going to hope that they know that I'm not reading Ghost Rider and they give me the information that I need or I just figure it out. Yeah. That's, hey, look at you, comics reader. Look at wow. me. Wow, I don't need to know all of the information going into the story? I'm saying that now. We'll find out how I feel once I start reading it. He did have high praise for it. The arcs start and wrap up quickly and will fuel into this third arc for Ghost Rider. So I will tell you a little bit about what has happened in a previous issue. Oh. And some of the previous arcs. These hell experiments from the first two arcs will be something that Orcus uses. Oh, so there is a connection. Dirty, dirty biscuits. There is a connection to Orcus and essentially the Weapon Plus program of hell-type creatures. Ooh. God, they just, they have to have it all, don't they? They've been planning this for years. 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 Two weeks, Marvel time. <laughs> Mike Loves Mario Carey shared his favorite Wolverine panels with... Us all beast deaths, mm-hmm. which was great. The the one page of Laura sneaking up behind, like mm, stabbing him yes. in the head. Yeah, that was great. Yes. He's psyched for where Wolverine's comics are heading next, off Krakoa and into the Berserker Rage. Yeah, I like Wolverine being like, Sage, I'm here if you need me, but I'm done with Krakoa. He's basically going solo for real. Mm-hmm. So he's going off. The, the plot for him is going to be hunting down these three... Open Rogans? agents, yeah, Ro- Rogans, <laughs> Rogue Logans, Rogue Logans, yeah, Rogans, Rogans. All right, I'm here for it, and also connecting with a lot of other Marvel properties. So Ghost Rider is first up. There's teases of the Hulk after that, and Steve mm. Rogers, Captain America after that, on the covers that I've seen so far. Team ups for days. This issue of Wolverine was written by Benjamin Percy, art by Juan Jose Reap, colors by Frank Diamarta, letters Corey Petit. This is Corey Petit. Lionel Francis Yu and Romulo Fajardo Jr. on the cover watching Beast get stabbed. Mm-hmm. Time for the final. Yes. Okay. Whew. Invincible Iron Man. Here's my thoughts. Ready? Emma, Emma, get it, get it. Emma, Emma, frog. Mic drop, yield your time. Yeah, there literally, you there's nothing else to say. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. That's that's it. That's all you need. Uh, you know, I don't want to say that I'm slowly turning into an Iron Man fan or a Tony <laughs> fan. Still hard on the line of I'm a Jerry fan, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But, man, I, I like him 
when written by Jerry, and I like them together. I like this the the banter that they have together. I have my minute. I can <laughs> see you. I can see you. I like the the chemistry that's playing in between them, and I like where it's building to. I feel like it makes it seem more natural than you know. Do I do I think? Or believe or feel that they have a deep and undying love and are pledging themselves to each other for the end of whenever somebody dies next? No, I don't think that that's actually true. I think there still is an air of political play or just merging of power or showing to the rest of the superhero community that we stand with the mutants. I think that's a great flex. But... To see how much they care for each other, the fact that Emma came back for Tony to to risk boop, 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 boop. to risk her life. I take your fifty seconds. <laughs> no, you, you can't have you my yielded, fifty seconds. You gave them to me. No, you yielded my time. Yes, to me. No, <laughs> I love the fact that she came back for Tony. That she risked being captured. She essentially was captured. And was able to save him from certain death, having retreated into the recesses of his mind, really has been taken hit after hit after hit. And that one shot of the the two Stark Sentinels come in and slamming into Iron Man from either side and just dropping down. Yeah, that panel. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'll say. They have a good team dynamic, but I don't. It's not a relationship. It's a mutual. Stop. I'll come over there and cut you. No. It's a mutual respect and it's what for me the thing is what stands out in this book is that Emma is treated as an equal to Tony. And oftentimes like when there's a male superpower and a female superpower, the female superpower is talked down to or been like I'm here to guide you. And what's great about this is that he respects and trusts her and she saves the day here. And like They both do. Right. But like she goes in and t- pulls him out of her out of his mind and, and helps him in that moment. And I think that that's what I think is great is is the mutual respect and the understanding that She's there for the mutants and he has, you know, his ties with the Avengers and also that they both share a a sense of responsibility for what's happening. Like Tony feels responsible because it's Stark technology that Phalong is using and Emma feels responsible because she's on the council and she's sort of misguided her people and led them to this place and so i think that they share a bond in that and that they need to do right by their people and they have similar personalities but i just that doesn't spell love to me that just spells like a good team of baddies who are gonna get it done that's how it starts Uh, and they're both attractive rich people i don't know just like emma with her two people fit in an iron man suit we shall find out. Oh, please stop. <laughs> Here's the thing. We've got, Emma's got the, the Kate nose tape going, yep. right? Because she it. walked into Love the, the gate. Detail. So, so she's rocking the Kate nose tape. Just the her turning into her diamond form and going after those sentinels, plus the just, I mean business, I'm here to get it done situation where she's making backdoor dealings with Kingpin. Like, I, this, even though this is an Iron Man story, all this book did, or or one thing that this book did really well for me, was just get me hyped about Emma and Emma, where Emma's the hero, where she's gonna go in the next 
you know, in the fall of X. Like, how is she going to have, this is her moment, right? She's coming in. This is what I've been waiting for. This is Emma taking charge and being there and people looking up to her and trusting her to get stuff done. And I just, I'm really excited for it. And I do, I like their dynamic. I I just don't see it as a romantic dynamic. I feel like if you looked, if you replaced Emma with Steve Rogers in this moment, that's the relationship that Tony and Emma have. Like, they're there for each other. They're leaning on each other. Just because they're both, like, straight people doesn't mean because it's a male and a female we have to force them into a heterosexual, like, loving relationship. I just don't think that that's what it is. I think that it's, I still think it's politics. And I just think that they both know they have to get something done. And they both feel like I said this sense of responsibility to get it done so they have that compassion and understanding for each other Jerry said no but then he found a way said no he found a way and he wrote it in and he's he's having Tony flirting with her making little banter quips when did he flirt oh it's it's throughout the whole issue Tony flirts baby. with everything Tony sure. would flirt with a wall if it was in sure. front of him he's flirting, it means nothing he's flirting with the Stark Sentinels <laughs> he's just he's flirting with Phalong the entire time I'm not saying that he wouldn't he, he is still Tony Stark he's but... giving me a hickey from Kanicki's like a Hallmark card vibes it's gross and I don't like it Ugh, I don't know what all that was you don't know that it's from Greece no I don't it's from Greece there's a character his name's Kanicki he's kind of like a player and like a girl gets mad because she gets a hickey from him and he's like oh come on a hickey from Kanicki it's like a Hallmark card and she's like Ugh. that's how I feel about Tony Stark well this is a new side of Tony Stark where he is genuinely caring about the situation that he and this other person are in I agree and they're both sticking their neck out for each other and the rescue move to the to literally put himself in front of Phalong, unarmed, and to give off, you know, Warlion went went big with that one, and he was like, you know, this this is basically his proposal Ugh. that he only uses the rescue protocols for people that he loves, and whether or not you want to read that, it seems that that's where we're leading, or. He's smart and he knows that Emma is the hope for mutants. And he's like, we got to get you out of this situation because you're the one that's going to save them all. Hmm. I just don't read it as love. Maybe that's just me. I don't read it as love on first sight. I see it as a building relationship. And you are rejecting that as a potential. And I feel like long term, you're going to be upset with that. I don't think so. I just... Whatever. <laughs> let's let's talk about. I mean, first of all, her outfit sans the coat. Like, this wear this all the time. This is great. This so is, sexy. It and it's badass. But also, it's, just, it's very impractical because those boobs are popping right out of there. Sure, for sure. Once I, you get sweaty and that boob tape gets loose, your your boobs are coming out. Sure. I mean, I don't know what those straps are doing, but they're not holding anything together. No, that's tape, baby. The straps are decorative. Ah. The tape is holding the covers on the boobies. Gotcha. I do want to talk about Wilson Fisk. Mm-hmm. And I posted today the images of the panel at the end of the Hellfire Gala and then the couple of panels from that page 
where Tony walks in on them doing whatever kind of deal they're doing as Fisk is signing and telling Emma that you're not going to regret this. this it's is, done, baby. Right. It's done. You won't regret this, Frost. And we don't know exactly what's done. I assume that it has to do with leadership of the Hellfire Gala or or the Hellfire Club. Mm-hmm. Or Hellfire Trading Company. I'm not sure with that, with Shaw and, and his interests there. How that, that connects to Krakoa and the export business, we'll see. But there is still the club itself and the fact that that's where they came from previously. I'm interested to see what Kingpin's doing. And ultimately, I don't trust him. So we'll see long term where that goes. It's interesting because I don't trust Kingpin. But at the same time, when you think about... Like the instances that I know of Kingpin, a lot of them stem around Vanessa, right? Vanessa. And how he just uproots everything and will do everything and all of his evil schemes come from his love for Vanessa. Vanessa. And now <laughs> stop In my city. And now he has that love for Typhoid Mary. Mary. So maybe he is actually going to do good on the side of mutants because he needs to save Mary. He needs to get Mary back. He he wants to... Sure. But once he gets what he wants, deuces. Right. But... Burn it down. I now have a club. I'm a kingpin. Ugh. He's going after Omega Sentinel, too, for getting punched in the face like that. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Uh, all right. This issue was written by Jerry Duggan, art by Juan Forgeri, colors Brian Valenza, letters Joe Caramagna. Ooh, VCs Joe Caramagna. Kale New on the cover. I'm excited for the upcoming covers. I loved this cover. We didn't really talk about it. Just the defeated oh. Iron Man in front of the Stark Sentinel. The only other thing I want to call out here is She-Hulk. Oh, yeah. And I want her smash like, for you. Yeah. Her like, <laughs> I'm your lawyer. You're screwed. And then, okay, but not as my lawyer, as my Hulk. And she's like, I want to smash for you. Yeah. That was so great. I loved that moment. I like this book so much. I do too. Oh, damn you, Jerry. Curse Jerry, you. what have you done? Warline loved Iron Man as for once an ex-writer isn't writing Tony as a weird perv and both Tony and Emma are actually showing emotions in front of one another, something that they don't normally do. Tony's proposal was dope, hashtag rescue. Blech. He can't stop pointing out how good their chemistry is together to mess with Emma's fans. Sorry, Alicia. Ha 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 I agree as, as we've talked about, but Alicia does not. I think two people can have a mutual respect for each other and have good chemistry and not be romantic. Sure, they can, but why? Why not? Because I don't want it to happen. <laughs> exactly. Because I've made a stance and I must stick to it. Sure. Regardless of if my feelings change or not. This is my trope now. Oh. But my feelings haven't changed. Oh, okay. Just, so we're just, clear. Just, just looking out. Blonde China, who do we think is going to be in the Hellfire Club now? White King Pin, LOL? Mm. Uh, I think so. Could be. I think so. I think that that's what the signing is about. The the involvement in the Hellfire Club, the assets or membership tied to that. There's been reference to 
Tony having access to the Hellfire Club because of his parents, because of his father? I mean, I think that whatever's happening with Kingpin is somehow tying the mutants to the underground market, the underground government, the all the hitmen. Essentially, Orcus is toting propaganda and all the heroes are scattered and, you know, there are going to be these things, but who's going to be the people who Emma gets to fight her battles is going to be, I think, Kingpin's army of thugs. And that's hmm. how I think they're connected. It's like they're making a deal, or like a you help me, I'll help you kind of yeah. deal. Muscle for membership. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I do want to call out, I love Phelong as mm. this villain. Ugh. Him just sitting in his stupid chair laughing. Yeah. And and just how angry he is at the end. Mm. I I really enjoy the confusion and the context setting that this does for setting up Uncanny Avengers and setting up where things have happened at DC and then with the attack on Captain America and then with Krakoa, the fact that Tony has no idea that there was an attack on the Hellfire Gala. Right. I just thought that this was a solid issue all around. Oh, yeah, for sure. I very, I very much enjoyed it. Pete Woods, 86. What is Fisk? Making Emma sign. I don't think he's making Emma sign anything. It's a deal. They're making a deal. They're just That's mutually agreed upon. Not privy to the details just yet. We'll find out soon enough. Nobody makes Emma do anything. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> Dodgeball. Dirty dancing. Mike loves Mariah Carey. Emma in an Iron Man outfit. What was the deal Emma made with Fisk. Everybody wants to know. Everybody it's the big wants question. to know. Well, guess what? You don't get to know, people. Yeah. You're all kept in the dark, just like us. Yeah. But I think I think that's kind of where we're going. But right. we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. That's it. That's it. Well, what's coming tomorrow? Magneto number one. Classic. New Mutants leader. Oh, yeah. I had completely forgotten about that. Wow. Staying with the Magneto fam. Scarlet Witch, number seven. Ooh, Joseph. Astonishing Iceman, number one. Ooh, jumping right into the crazy. How's he coming back? We're going to get to know. X-Men, number 25. Ooh. Kate, Shadow Cat. Shadow Cat. Come on, Shadow Cat. That message from Ogun. I'm very excited about that. I'm so excited. And I'm interested to see what sets up and what the threats are in Astonishing Iceman. Mm, Yeah, me too. It's going to be a good time. And then we'll go back to our regularly scheduled programming. We we needed this, though. Yeah, yeah. This was good. This was good. Until next time, old friend. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 